Greetings, Pastor White and Grace Baptist Church. My name is Gary Tinkson, a missionary to the country of Australia, currently on deputation. Uh, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share our burden and vision for the country of Australia and for also allowing me to preach the Word of God to you tonight and uh, also uh, to be able to talk to you with a question and answer session. Uh, I'm excited for that. Now, we're a little disappointed we couldn't be with you all and uh, uh, because of the pandemic. And so we're looking forward to meeting you all and also being able to catch up with uh, Lydia uh, Taylor. And uh, just, uh, of course, her dad is uh, my uh, home pastor in, the, in Australia and currently in Paraguay right now. And so that, uh, that would have been awesome. But one day we'll be able to come and visit you all. And that would be an awesome thing. Uh, I would like to start, if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me, please, to the book of Nehemiah. And I'm going to look at the first chapter of Nehemiah. And I'm going to read a few verses. And if you would just follow along with me. Uh, looking at verse 1 here, the Bible says here, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Chislu, which is about May, June, in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I want to preach to you a message entitled, Nehemiah the Cupbearer. Nehemiah the cupbearer. Let's pray first and we'll continue. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, for giving us uh, this opportunity to, uh, to, sh to look at your word, Lord, and uh, to look at this man, Nehemiah, a man of action, Lord, a man with a burden. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, allow me to speak with clarity and with power, Lord, right now. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you use the words uh, and, and, and to touch our hearts, Lord, and perhaps convict us with something that we need to change in our lives or we may uh, need to do in our lives, Lord, for the better, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Grace Baptist Church. I pray that you'd bless them during this time and continue to bless the sweet people there, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I uh, just want to tell you a little bit uh, about uh, how God had called me to Australia. Uh, of course, when I graduated uh, from Bible College uh, in 2008, uh, I was, uh, and then I got married in, in 2009. Uh, I got hired on staff there uh, at Lakecrest Baptist Church in Waterford, Michigan. And I got hired on as a school teacher and a pastor's assistant. And uh, it was a great time of training, and uh, uh, I enjoyed just being able to stay here in America. And uh, as we, uh, uh, the, the preacher gave me 
uh, uh, the task of starting a new adult Sunday school class for the college age uh, folks in our church and uh, named it Trailblazers uh, class and and we taught on a series on Nehemiah and uh, I remember uh, just learning about Nehemiah and just uh, going through uh, the chapters and uh, and and through every verse uh, I, I I couldn't help uh, relating this story to to my life. And uh, we're going to talk about Nehemiah here. Uh, of course, Nehemiah uh, here is a cupbearer, and uh, he's in 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 verse one. Uh, it says that he was in Shushan, the palace. Now, Shushan uh, here was the capital of Persia. And just to give you a little bit of background of of how Nehemiah got to this place, of course, we know the children of Israel. Children of Israel were God's people. Uh, of course, remember when God had promised Abraham that he would make of him a father of many nations and uh, in and, and Genesis 17, 4. And, uh, but, and then not long after that, uh, the children of Israel were taken into captive in Egypt for about 400 years. We know the story Moses leads the 2 million, about 2 million Isra- Israelites out of Egypt. Uh, that was about 1300 BC, and they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Remember, Moses sinned and couldn't go into the promised land, and so God had raised up Joshua, and Joshua was able to lead them, and took about 40 years to conquer. And then about thir- 350 years was a period of judges, and uh, if you read through the book of Judges, the children of Israel, uh, there was a pattern that was happening in their lives. You know, God would raise a judge. And to help them kind of steer their lives towards God again, and then uh, and then they would fall into sin, and then and then um, then you know they would go through persecution, and God would raise another judge, and it would it, it would happen over and over again, uh, and then and then after the period of judges, they wanted a king, and remember, uh, you know, uh, they wanted a king, so they got King Saul, who turned out to be a dud. Uh, and then after him, of course, we know King David and David who slew the giant. Um, and David uh, had a son called Solomon. And Solomon had a son named Rehoboam. Now under Rehoboam's kingdom, he split the kingdom of Israel into two. And we had the north, northern kingdom, who, which retained the name of Israel, and the southern kingdom, which, reta- which had the name of Judah. The North Kingdom, uh, they had uh, about 19 kings, a few kings, uh, and all of them were pretty much bad, bad kings. And they were taken captive uh, into Syria. Now, the Southern Kingdom had about the same uh, amount of kings. 50-50 were good and bad. Uh, And the Southern Kingdom got uh, captive by Babylon, uh, which is modern-day Iraq by, of course, King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of a statue. Nobody could interpret it. And, uh, and, and Daniel uh, was, an, uh, was an Israelite who was able to uh, not only say what his dream was, but was able to interpret it. Remember the, the head of gold? Uh, it represented the kingdom of Babylon. And then the breast and the arms were of silver were, uh, it, it pictured Persia. Now, the last Babylonian king, Belshazzar, 
if you remember, he was the one who saw the writing on the wall. Mene, mene, tekel, a portion. Mene, meaning God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Peres, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And if you remember that night, uh, Belshazzar died and the Persians took over. Now, I say that to say this. This is the first time uh, that the Israelites, uh, you know, even though they were taken captive, the Persians gave them a choice whether they want to go home or if they wanted to stay. And uh, there were some that, that, that went home and they were uh, what here in Nehemiah talked about, um, uh, let's see, uh, the remnant. And so, and then there were those that were that stayed with the Persians. And when the Persians had taken over, they had moved the capital to Shushan. Uh, now Persia is modern day Iran, and uh, Shushan, the palace, uh, the palace in Shushan was about 500 mile walk to the city of Jerusalem. Now Nehemiah was one of the men who stayed with the Persians, actually uh, got a job uh, with King Artaxerxes as his cupbearer. And a cupbearer uh, was, was, you know, was always with the king pretty much. Uh, he would be the one to uh, drink uh, his drink, the king's drink, to make sure that there was no poison in it. Uh, of course, very risky job that if he were to drink that drink and die, you know, he could die. Um, and, and also uh, food, and uh, he was able to do that. And um, you know what? Uh, he was able to, it, it, was, it was comfortable at the palace. I mean, he was able to eat the king's food and eat the king's drink, and I'm sure he had a pretty comfortable place. Uh, but ne here Nehemiah is in Shushan, the palace. Now, going back here in the book of Nehemiah, and if you have a look at this, Nehemiah, of course, is in Shushan, the palace. And in the month Chislu, which is about May and June, his brother Hanani, who later on becomes in charge of Jerusalem, uh, goes to him and, and tells him, about the remnant who are in Jerusalem. And he tells uh, Nehemiah that they are in great affliction and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. Now today, if you were to build a wall around a city or a nation, uh, it wouldn't be uh, fully protected because you could fly a plane over uh, and you could be bombed, but back then walls were very, very important. It kept the enemies out. It kept people out. It was a, it was security for them. But the walls were broken down, and the gates were burned with fire. And Nehemiah, when he had heard these things, look at the response that he had. Look at verse four. And it came to pass, when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Wow, what a burden for his own countrymen. 
who are going through an affliction. I remember studying this as a Sunday school teacher. And I thought to myself, how is the country uh, that I call home? I, I was raised in Australia from the age of four up to adulthood. And I counted as my home. And I began to study Australia and see how it was doing spiritually. And seeing how it was doing, uh, how the churches were doing, how the Christians were doing. You know, as, as, I, as I studied, I, I read that Australia in 2001, uh, looking at the religions of the country, in 2001, 15% of the population professed to have no religion. They didn't go to church. Uh, they didn't believe anything. And then 15 years later, it doubled to over 30% of the population. And not only that, another 9% are undecided. And when I heard these things, that's about a third of the country. And when I heard these things, it broke my heart. I thought to myself, what am I doing? This time I was a staff member here in Michigan and I was comfortable. I, I, I had a place. Uh, we had two vehicles in the driveway. We had uh, our first son, Reese, and my wife was pregnant with our second child, Elin. And uh, everything was hunky-dory. Everything was, was going great. I was comfortable here in America. And I still am. And, uh, and I thought to myself, as I'm sitting here in comfort, as I'm sitting here in, in these great resources, living in the, the most fortunate country in the world, I thought to myself, what am I doing? For the country that I love and I left, that I grew up in, and it broke my heart. Uh, of course, uh, you all know Lydia Taylor, and uh, her dad uh, Sherwin Ramos was was the, was the man who uh, who had baptized me, who had introduced me to um, uh, to go to a youth camp. And at that youth camp, I was saved, and of course grew uh, under. Uh, Pastor Sherwin's leadership uh, as a teenager and uh, he puts the condition uh, of Australia this way he wrote in uh, my recommended recommendation letter he writes there is a tremendous need for young preachers in Australia the average age of pastors in the independent Baptist movement is 50 many churches have either closed up or are struggling after their pastors left due to age or sickness or being led to a different place. Meanwhile, migrants are flocking into the nation. The major cities are struggling to accommodate everyone, and the sad thing is that the number of churches is dwindling. Australia needs a fresh batch of preachers who have a heart for God, the strength of youth, and a clear vision of God's purpose for their lives. There's a great need for more churches, for more preachers, for more uh, soul winners out in the country of Australia. You know, as I continue to teach uh, Nehemiah, you know, the Lord didn't have my full heart. I, 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 I didn't give up or surrender fully, but I know the Lord was working in my heart. 
I want to show you this prayer that Nehemiah prays, and and of course uh, this reminds me of the um, the promise, the covenant that he had, that God had made to Solomon, Second Chronicles chapter seven. In fact, uh, turn to Second Chronicles in chapter seven, verse twelve to twenty-one. It says here. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. And here's that famous verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. Look at the prayer of Nehemiah. Go back to Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 5. Here Nehemiah is praying and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants. And confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house of sin. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me, and keep my commandments, and do them, though there were of you cast out under the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power, and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant, and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. You can see the prayer that Nehemiah has for his uh, home city of Jerusalem. And he's crying out to God, asking God to forgive them of their sins. And he admits that his people has done wrong. And he's praying and begging God to help them. He says, Lord, you promise that even if we were scattered everywhere, but if we turn back to you and we, we, we confess our sins, that you'll gather us all back together. And this is the prayer that he's making. You know, our country right now, uh, in America and Canada, we're going through some tough times, all around the world, really. And our churches are being persecuted. And there's a great need in our world today. I want to challenge you. Have we prayed for our country? Have you prayed for your country? Have you prayed to God and said, Lord, I know we've, we've done some things and... Would you forgive us? Would you heal our land? Would you do something great in our sight? And here Nehemiah is pouring out his heart, asking God to forgive them. But I want you to notice this phrase that he says at the end of this prayer. He says, For I was the king's cupbearer. For I was a king's cupbearer. It's almost like 
Nehemiah was pouring out his heart, saying, Lord, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to, I want to do something for my city. I'm just a cupbearer. Just a cupbearer for our king. And I almost feel like he was saddened for the situation that he was in. He couldn't just go and, and help his brothers and, 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 and just go back to his, the city of Jerusalem to help build the city because he was a king's cupbearer. Have you ever felt that before? Have you felt like, man, Lord, I, why, are we in this, why are we in the situation that we're in? Why am I in the, in the, at the job that I'm at? Uh, man, I, I hate my boss. I, I hate my coworkers. I don't like them. I, I, I despise where I work. And um, I'm sure Nehemiah felt that way too. Sometimes when a king would, a kingdom would take over another kingdom and they had uh, brought with them slaves to work with the, uh, for them, uh, they would gloat sometimes and they would uh, kind of uh, insult uh, the slaves that, that he had. And, and I'm sure Nehemiah has, ha, had been called names or, or, or had been mistreated because he was a captive of the Persians. And uh, I'm sure Nehemiah is thinking, I'm just a cupbearer. What can I do, Lord? Look at chapter 2 and verse 1. And it came to pass in the month Nisan. And this is, about, this is now about September, October. Remember when he was told the news. It was back in May and June. You know, sometimes uh, uh, the Lord, uh, uh, some things will, will, will find a need and we won't be able to fill it uh, straight away. And the Lord works on, my heart, uh, on our hearts. I remember for me, I, um, uh, I, we had a missionary couple come to our church, dropped in at our missions conference, and they were missionaries to Australia. And I asked them, I said, how are you all doing? They said, yeah, we're, we're okay. Uh, we're just having a hard time going to Australia. I said, why is that? I said, well, they just done away with a religious visa, and we are having a hard time going to Australia. These were American missionaries. When I heard this news, it broke my heart. Uh, you see, even though I was an American citizen at this time, I was still an Australian citizen. I had dual citizenship. And I thought to myself, I could go in and out whenever I please. I don't have this restriction. I've got a unique um, opportunity here. And the Lord broke my, I, I, my, my heart was broken. And I prayed about it. And I fasted. And it wasn't until months that I made a decision and to surrender the Lord's will to go to the country of Australia to be a missionary. And here Nehemiah took a few months and uh, he went to the king. Verse 1, chapter 2. In the twentieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was sore afraid. He was very afraid and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? 
when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, or whither his fathers were buried, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. And then as we as you go on in uh, the rest of the chapter, uh, the king pretty much gives him a wish. He says, give me a request. What, what do you need? What do you want? And Nehemiah uh, tells the king that he wanted to go back to Jerusalem to help with the building of, of the walls and, and the building of the gates. And the king uh, actually grants him his request. And not only that, he gives letters uh, to the governors of the uh, of the places that Nehemiah would pass to get to Jerusalem so that he could have permission to get through there to the city of Jerusalem. Not only that, uh, in verse 9, the Bible says, Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. So not only did he have a letter, he had uh, captains of the army and horsemen with him. He said, well, if you don't believe this letter, I've got these guys behind me. Uh, and not only that, um, uh, look at verse 8, And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's force, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace which appertain to the house, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. So not only was he given a convoy to go to Jerusalem, he was given timber that he may build the walls and the gates and even the house that he was going to stay in. Now, had Nehemiah not been a cupbearer of King Artaxerxes, he would not have been able to have all these things. You know, Nehemiah, when he, I don't know if he was complaining, but when he said, I'm just king, king's cupbearer, he didn't realize that God had put him in that position, in that place, so that he would be able to do the things he was able to do in Jerusalem. By the building of the walls, the building of the gates, and, uh, and building even a house for himself. Wow. You know, maybe right now you're discouraged. And you're thinking, Lord, why? I don't like the workplace I'm in. I don't like my boss. I don't like my situation. Uh, I don't like... Uh, COVID and the, the pandemic and, and everything. Maybe perhaps you've got a health or something that's uh, that's ailing you. You're in a circumstance that 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 you would uh, wave your fist at God and said, "Lord, why have why have you done this to me?" I want to encourage you. God has not forgotten you. God knows exactly what He's doing. And as Nehemiah thought that the Lord perhaps may have forgotten him by putting him in the situation that he was. You know, the Lord knew exactly where he wanted Nehemiah. You know, I'm excited to uh, go to the country of Australia. And I've had some training here in America. And, and the Lord's, of course, uh, as, a Sunday, as a school teacher, it was, it was tough. I would say that's not my uh, passion is to teach elementary children. I love them. Uh, but that's not something that I believe the Lord had called me to do. And there are times, perhaps, I said, you know, Lord, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I here? But the Lord knew. And the Lord knew my situation. 
and has brought me to the situation I'm in, I'm in now. If I hadn't been able to work at Lakecrest Baptist Church, I probably wouldn't have been able to do what the Lord was able to do through us, through deputation, and being able to be a blessing to all the churches that we visit around uh, this continent. And uh, I'm so glad. What about you tonight? What's God's called you to do? Maybe you felt that God had something better for you than what you are going through right now. I want to encourage you. Trust the Lord. He knows what He's doing. Nehemiah, I'm a cupbearer. What about yourself? I'm a, I'm a janitor. I'm a, I work at a restaurant or, or I, I, I've got this health problem or man, I, I'm in Bible college or well, why, why can't I just be a missionary already or be a pastor already and why do I have to go through all these things? I want to encourage you. Just keep on serving the Lord. Keep on serving the Lord. And the, God, and the Lord will show you His will for you as you continue pressing on for Him. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for Nehemiah and all the things he was able to do through you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that if there's somebody discouraged, Lord, right now with a the situation they're, they're in, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to just keep on serving you. Lord, show them your will. Lord, bless them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you.